The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. It's Maria Retan right here with you, and I'm so glad you could join me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time, and each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, I wanted to take an opportunity this January to talk a little bit about some 2010 predictions that I first brought you back last April, and I resurrected them because I was really curious about kind of what uh, if these if these resolutions if these these forecasts were really going to happen in 2010. Now, if you happen to be listening back in April, you may recall that I was reporting from 24/7 Wall Street predictions about a number of well-known brands that are likely to disappear before the end of this very year. 24-7 Wall Street actually took a look at 100 large brands it believes were in trouble and looked at uh, public financial records, sales information, analysis from industry experts, competitive landscape in each of the industries, and thought, hmm, wonder if these guys can survive. Well, the top 12 brands that uh, might be have a death wish or are still being marked for death, I suppose you could say, topping the list was budget rental cars. Now, um, Budget's parent company back in April said it was going to continue to operate both Avis and Budget brands. And guess what? The update as of today is this this stock is actually one of the best-performing U.S. stocks year-to-date. So Budget is definitely still alive, and one might suppose that since it's so healthy as of today that it's going to last through the following next 11 months. Now, Borders Book... Mm, not so much. Back in April, of course, 24-7 Wall Street said that declining sales, heavy losses, and pressure from competitors like Barnes & Noble and Amazon was really, really taking a hit on borders. Well, guess what? They're still struggling. In fact, Walden Books closed because Borders was trying to make the chain smaller, more profitable, according to those experts out there. And um, so there's there's challenges still with Borders. So I would say that outlook is kind of fuzzy right now for 2010. Now, Crocs Footwear was also on the hit parade, according to 24-7 Wall Street. Now, this company is still breathing. In fact, they're opening larger retail locations. But, you know, the jury's still out about whether or not their stock price is going to continue uh, to go down or whether it might end up um, going up. 24-7 was saying that Crocs wouldn't make it through the year in 2009. It's still alive, so at least it beat that prediction. Now, Saturn, I think we all know what happened with Saturn. It was on the hit list, and guess what? It's gone, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's sad to see a brand like that go away. 
Esquire magazine, um, you know, the Esquire brand uh, was having a lot of the same experiences. A lot of magazines out there, they were seeing ad revenues go down, tons of competition within the marketplace from other men's magazines, and Hearst also had problems of its own, it's the parent company. Well, as of today, it's doing okay. Uh, from all appearances, it just launched a digital option via Apple. So good job, Esquire, for hanging on. Now, Old Navy was on this list. I was surprised to see it on the list. Um, back in April, it's in good shape. As of December, it was the strongest performer for its parent company, Gap, um, whose sales um, actually rose 2% um, year over year. So uh, good job to Old Navy. Now, Architectural Digest magazine, another publication on this hit list, we all know about the health of magazines. Well, it's still breathing. It's still selling two-year subscriptions, but its parent company, Condé Nast, is still having a ton of problems and have shuttered other magazines in 2009. Chrysler, well, you know what? They filed for bankruptcy. I guess we can just uh, move on to the next one. Eddie Bauer also filed for bankruptcy in June, just months after the prediction in April. Palm, um, still in the game. Investors are, um, according to some experts, a little bit jittery, uh, but still alive. AIG, now we know all about AIG. It's taken a ton of blows. Still in business, um, trying to pay off that U.S. government um, kind of a loan, if you will, um, by selling off all of its assets. So, Things are looking kind of gloomy for AIG. United Airlines wraps up its top 12 list from 24-7 Wall Street. And as of today, you know what? We're still flying planes. Uh, United planes are still in the air. So uh, maybe duking it out in 2010. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that progresses this year. So a little bit of good news uh, there and some not-so-great news, but I think more brands survived um, than, than those that didn't, and 2010 will be a telling year for those and others. Well, our first profile today is the Gucci girl. She's a single woman in her late 20s, early 30s with a higher income, very fashion-conscious. In fact, she loves to keep up with fashion. There's about 2 million of these women Median age of 29, college grads, employed full-time, no kids, and single. In fact, she's living the single lifestyle. She loves to go out and shop. She likes to make a statement. She's very ambitious, driven by money. Uh, who really isn't driven by money, I guess? Uh, willing to try new stores and brands and not particularly loyal either um, and really loves to entertain, loves to shop with friends. It's all about lasting relationships and a circle of really close friends. The brand she's most loyal to um, she loves to shop at Neiman Marcus, Banana, uh, Victoria's Secret, and Taylor Ralph Lauren. Um, she's driving an Infinity, a Cadillac, a Jeep, a Nissan. And uh, she likes to buy Gucci, uh, Kenneth Cole, Calvin Klein, Chanel, and Estee Lauder. She's out there reading um, magazines like Allure, Shape, Entertainment Weekly, Cosmo, Glamour, InStyle, New Yorker. She's watching cable programming like E, Lifetime Bravo, HGTV, and TBS. And she's online a lot, as you can imagine, um, on social sites, dating sites, news sites like USA Today, eHarmony, eBay, MySpace, iVillage, and Travelocity. 
Well, my guest for today knows a lot about Jen Y, our Gucci girl, um, and she may uh, be a Gucci girl herself. Jane Buckingham is one of the foremost experts on Generation XY, and as she says, Z. And uh, she founded and sold the Intelligence Group. You may have hold, heard about them. Uh, the Intelligence Group is a consulting and trend forecasting company that focuses on Gen X and Y. And she also, while she was there, created the leading trend study called the Cassandra Report, as well as as a daily email covering fashion, beauty, lifestyle, technology, and entertainment called Trend Central. Currently, Jane is the president of Trendera, an innovative marketing and media consulting firm focusing on digital and non-traditional trend forecasting, and she's an author. In fact, she's uh, expecting her latest book to come out this year. It's called The Modern Girl's Guide to Sticky Situations. It's the third in a trilogy of Modern Girl's Guides. Uh, The first one was Modern Girl's Guides to Life. The other one was Modern Girl's Guide to Motherhood, and she's also written several other books. Um, Beyond that, you know, she um, she's here to talk about Gen Y and what we can do to capture and retain their attention in the new decade. So stick around. Jane Buckingham coming up when Purse Strings returns. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Revenues can come from many different sources. Are you capturing additional revenue from your payment processor or leaving money on the table? Lytle & Company can help you grow your top-line revenue. Lytle & Company provides payment processing and consultative merchant services for multi-channel retailers, along with Internet and direct response businesses who sell directly to consumers. Lower the total cost of payment acceptance while improving your business processes and chargeback management with Lytle & Company's innovative reporting and analytics features. Lytle & Company. The card's not present, but we are. Find out more at Lytle. L-I-T-L-E dot com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. First Strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Jane Buckingham, a Gen Y and X expert, founder of Trendera, and the author of a brand new book coming out this year, Modern Girl's Guide to Sticky Situations. Jane, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. 
Yes. Well, you know, 2010 looks like another banner year for you. You know, you've got this new book coming out. I believe it's in May. It's the uh, latest installation of Modern Girls Guide. And um, I know you had a lot of success with Modern Girls Guide to Life and Modern Girls Guide to Motherhood. And uh, and now it's going to be sticky situations that you're tackling. I'm really curious, what types of situations do we find ourselves in? Uh, well, I seem to find myself in a lot, <laughs> so I just have to keep writing these books to get myself out of them. You know, I just sort of, because this is sort of a side career for me and the trend forecasting is really my focus, I just sort of wait to see when it comes to the modern girl books what area strikes me. And, you know, I was waiting after doing the motherhood book and talking to women in all of the focus groups and research that I do to find that one thing that would be fun to do research on and write about it. And it just seems like women today, we're such perfectionists and we want to do everything right. And yet, no matter how hard we try, we always wind up in those big and little situations. So it's everything from what to do when you find out your best friend's husband is cheating on her, which is not pleasant, Mm -hmm. To what to do when you, um, you know, show up at a party in the same outfit as somebody. So it really sort of runs the gamut from the big to the small, how to, you know, take care of a stopped up toilet to what to do if you have to call off your wedding. So it runs from etiquette to, you know, housekeeping to financial, sort of all the areas. And, you know, everyone sort of says, oh, well, you must be such an expert. And I I never really consider myself the expert. I just consider myself someone who's done a lot of research at this point. Well, and can clearly put it together, um, condense all that great research, put it together in a very entertaining way. I think you're a little humble, actually. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of fun. You've definitely turned out some great books. So you should take all the credit for that. Well, thank you. But, you know, what's really fun is talking to the women and figuring out what situations they want to hear and finding out, you know, some of the best solutions, some of which, you know, I try to come up with, but also doing the research about them. And then, you know, seeing people's response to them. Sometimes it's really positive, which is always great. And, you know, not everyone always agrees with it. But, um, you know, I don't know if I'll do another one after this. I, I might, I might not. It's it takes a lot of time, and um, we'll see if another one strikes me. But I, I hope this one is well-received because the other ones have been, and um, it's, it's a real labor of love. Yeah, well, and I know you also generated a book. I think it was, gosh, last year called What's Next, which was called um, What's Next Predictions from 50 of America's Most Compelling People. That had to be just a really great book to be able to compile. And I was curious, as you look forward into 2010, do you see any of those predictions kind of playing out? You know, it's interesting because it was so fascinating, and that was a really wonderful exercise for me. And such a, you know, I felt so grateful to talk to these incredibly smart people, whether it was, you know, the head of MIT about the future of science or, you know, Laird Hamilton about the future of surfing um, or Miss Manners about the future of etiquette. And what was interesting is, is that some people thought there was going to be big change, and some people sort of didn't think there was going to be big change. You know, two of my favorites, interestingly, were Felicity Huffman and Bill Macy, who talked about the future of entertainment. And, you know, I think people always think, oh, well, actors and actresses don't think about their industry in the big picture. And they had, they are so smart and so kind and had really fascinating things to say. I mean, Mr. Macy was talking about sort of how he really believes that, you know, an Oscar-winning film can come from, you know, 
someone's basement or that the entire television industry is going to see upheaval. And I think we're already starting to see that as more and more stars are coming from the Internet and as, you know, the television industry is really facing huge change with, um, you know, more and more businesses or shows going under in the first couple of weeks. And so you're already seeing that change there, and that's such a, a microcosm. But I think you see it already with, you know, stars coming from Twitter or TV shows coming from, you know, a character on Twitter. And so you can see where how quickly things are really changing. Um, you know, government, uh, we had uh, one of the big political campaigners talking about sort of how political campaigns are going to be run and talking about how it's really going to be about um, – image, not the issue. And obviously in this last campaign, that was a big part of it, um, for good and for bad. And I think that we're going to see more and more of that as people, unfortunately, care more about, you know, not how you look, but how you come across than what you're talking about. And so then we just have to hope that what they're talking about is also good. So, you know, it's fascinating to see what people thought and what, um, what was going to be happening in the future. Oh, I know. I bet. It's like looking, looking in a crystal ball and, and then actually getting to see it play out a little bit already, to your point. And that's really what you do full-time, right? I mean, the, the, as you said, the writing of your books are kind of your, your other gig, but you've got a full-time company at Trendera, and, and you specialize in the youth market. And um, Gen X and Gen Y, there's just been a ton of uh, attention on them uh, because they really are Gen Y specifically the future. And, and, but both groups have really, I think, undergone quite a bit of setbacks in the job um, employment standpoint from, you know, not getting raises, um, mortgages, um, bailing on them. What do you think uh, the new year is going to bring for Gen X and Gen Y? And I'm, I'm sure that they've, they've been acting differently over the last two years. I would imagine that that's going to continue to, to be the case in 2010. Well, the good news is is that, you know, I think we're starting to see some glimmers of hope, and I think we're beginning to see that, you know, there are some signs of companies hiring again, of them bringing in people freelance, that they've laid off so many people that they have to, you know, at least take a step towards, you know, bringing some resources on. And in some ways, that really does suit Generation Y. It tends to be a group of people who tend to like things a little bit more flexible, you know, not always happy with the full-time job. So in some ways, that can meet their needs. Um, on the other hand, you know, when you talk to a lot of the people who really seem to know in the financial world, this isn't going to be an immediate recovery, and it's not as if all of a sudden everything's going to be back to normal. You know, this is really a long-term readjustment. And so, you know, I think the good news is, is that everybody talks about Generation Y saying, oh, they're so entitled and they like to buy everything and they're not willing to work hard. And, you know, we sort of see it a different way, which is, is that, sure, they like it when the going's good, but they're actually more flexible than I think people give them credit for. And so I think that they will be able to deal with the fact that things aren't perfect. And so, yeah, of course they want jobs, and of course they're, you know, nobody really likes it <laughs> when it's not <laughs> perfect. But I think they will be able to adjust um, to what is clearly going to be, 
you know, a whole new lifestyle, a whole new way of um, looking at things because I think that we may never go back to business as usual. It may be a whole new way of looking at business and a whole new lifestyle because, you know, if it was ever about or if it was about keeping up with the Joneses, I think people are now saying, you know what, eh, we never should have been keeping up with the Joneses. The Joneses were too excessive to begin with. So mm-hmm. this is a group of people who are going to have a new set of standards to deal with. Yeah, and I, that's exactly great lead into my next question because I, I'm curious about what you think, mo- what you know, motivates Gen Y's purchasing decisions, and what are they choosing to purchase, and what's um, if you know if there's something that they have to look at and say they're weighing one purchase over another. Is there something that kind of is a a motivator to purchase maybe one brand over another? You know, I think there are a lot of factors that go into it. I think for them to buy something right now, it really has to feel special. It has to work very hard to get them to part with their dollars. Um, I think that, you know, being eco-friendly is a really nice plus. It probably won't make them spend a lot more money because money is very precious right now. So everyone says, oh, it's all about being eco-friendly. It's all about being good for the environment. Well, yeah, but not if it's going to cost you twice as much. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's important to them, but not if it's going to be too, too expensive. Um, I think that there's definitely something for them about, you know, being American made. I think that they like that, but again, not if that means that they're going to have to, you know, sacrifice what they like in terms of style, in terms of, um, price, in terms of value. I think for them, it's very much about mixing and matching, so they will, you know, buy a little bit of high-end, a little bit of low-end. Um, and I think they're very much about the experience. So, you know, they love going into the Apple store because for them it's great. It's as much of an evening out as going to the movies. So for them they want the experience of buying to be as good as the purchase itself. So stores are just going to have to make the actual purchasing, buying, being there as great as what it is that they're buying. Well, and that makes perfect sense, and it shouldn't it be that way? I mean, in general, I think that's probably a a good rule of thumb. And I would imagine that there's also some companies out there already doing a real good job of connecting with Gen Y. Are are there some of your favorite stories you'd like to share? Of good companies? Yes, of good companies. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, well, Apple is an easy one to start with because I think that they are – you know, sort of the the ones who are doing it best at the moment in some ways um, because I think that they really do connect on so many levels, um, you know, whether it's the product um, itself, which is technologically advanced. It's always sort of meeting the customer's needs. Um, it's it's a fun gadget. It's in the, you know, the sweet spot of what they like. And then the store experience is so great. The people in the store are the right age Um you know, the customer service is the kind that they want. Um, and probably the biggest issue for young people is the idea of, well, wait a minute, I buy it, and then, you know, a year later or six months later, there seems to be this upgrade that I'm supposed to buy, and, hey, I, that that doesn't thrill me so much. But even then, sometimes they'll get over that. Um, you know, I think that I'm trying to think who does a great job with them because it's, it's never entirely easy. You know, it's interesting because I think that some of the more underground or foreign companies do some good things. Um, you know, so Tokidoki or Kid Robot, who don't do a lot of advertising but just make great, 
product and sort of are constantly coming out with limited edition, um, that's sort of one who just by the nature of their very product do great stuff. Um, and interestingly, you know, I think that sometimes people, everybody says, oh, it's all about viral ads. It's all about sort of, you know, finding things that, you know, if I have to hear the word viral one more time, I think I might, <laughs> you know, throw up. But, you know, viral just means something that's a little bit different and something that's, you know, that grabs their attention. But you can grab their attention by just doing something cool, you know, in a different way. So, you know, there's some cool, really cool billboard ads that just, you know, are unique. There was a mascara ad, I think it was, I think it was Maybelline, where when it rained, it was, it, the mascara would run on the, per, on the, this big eye, which would grab people's attention. There was a Nike um, billboard where if you ran next to it, it would, it would sort of tally up the number of miles that people ran, and then they would donate um, some money to a charity, depending on how many miles people ran next to this actual billboard. So it got people to um, actually participate in it. Um, there was a light bulb that would go on when people walked by it for, I can't remember the company, so not great advertising, um, <laughs> but, you know, so the idea of illustrating a big idea. So I think that that's the kind of stuff that gets people to pay attention and think about it. Um, humor, obviously, is something that grabs this generation and probably most generations. Um, and I also think for this group, it's about getting them involved, um, letting their voice be heard. People want to be a part of it um, because for so long they have been a part of it and they're part of the group and they, they want to be part of the marketing group. So I think that's really important for them. Yeah, t- lots of really good words of advice in there, too, Jane, I think, about uh, getting them involved, using humor, being interactive, really being eye-catching, all of the great stuff. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have a few minutes more, and would love to talk to you a little bit about what the differences are in Gen Y between men and women, if you see any at all. So more on that when I return in just a moment with more Purse Strings. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, ParadaLogic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher, thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one 
of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone, as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC Profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And I'm back, and we're just wrapping up with Jane Buckingham, a Gen Y and Gen X. Expert, founder of Trendera, and the author of a brand new book coming out this spring called Modern Girl's Guide to Sticky Situations. And we've been talking a lot about Gen Y, and uh, since it's purse strings, I think it's more than appropriate to ask, do you, do you feel like there's some really major differences between men and women in the Gen Y group? I mean, we already know that, especially with women in Gen Y, that they're, you know, they're getting more educated. They're going to more grad schools. They're, there's going to be more women in general in the workforce here in a few years. But I'm curious, um, what, what are you seeing? You know, it's, it's interesting, and a lot of it depends on which age range you're looking at, whether it's sort of the teens or the 20-somethings. You know, in some ways, it's been a really great time to be a teen girl or sort of a 20-something girl. It was the age of empowerment, girls where there was a lot of focus on girls, and girls could do anything, and, you know, it was great to be a girl. But for the boys... Boys were sort of ignored, and no one really talked about a boy unless they were, you know, shooting up a school or these sort of long-haired boys and what were these boys doing. And boys were sort of left on their own to play video games and, you know, basically, you know, wear big baggy pants. And which is not to say that they've all sort of turned out to be lost, but, you know, they sort of don't know what direction they're supposed to take. If these girls are so, you know, large and in charge, what are they supposed to do? And yet for the girls, on the other hand, they're supposed to be empowered and fabulous and wonderful, and yet a lot of this has meant for them, and and I don't know, I don't want to sound, you know, like I'm too far on one side, but a lot of sexual freedom, a lot of sexual pressure, um, and then entering the work world and finding that it's not exactly the way they had expected. Anyway, hey, I'm going to be this mm-hmm. fabulous, you know, take charge woman and, oh, no, wait a minute, I'm, I'm Xeroxing and not getting the jobs that I wanted or getting a decent job and then getting fired. So for everybody in this generation, it was, you know, everything's going to be good or, or great and then actually not entirely meeting their expectations. And so the girls have a lot of you know, positive, strong, good messages coming at them. And the boys aren't entirely sure of who they're supposed to be. The boys don't have a lot of role models, a lot of heroes. If you think about sort of the the strong males, not a lot of them coming out of them as, as role models. Um, you know, I love all of the sort of 
if you think about sort of the, even in movies and TV, it's the Seth MacFarlane's, it's the, you know, Tobey Maguire as, as uh, Spider-Man, who I adore, but, you know, not your big Vin Diesel character of, of years past. It's, it's sort of the sensitive guy. Whereas for women, it's sort of the Tila Tequilas and the, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> launchy ladies. So, you know, it's really interesting to see this, this big divide. Um, so there are a lot of differences coming out, and, you know, it's a very tumultuous time, I think, for everybody, obviously, but in particular for this younger generation who I think are sort of growing up at a time without a lot of guidelines and not really knowing which way to go because nobody nobody really knows how to guarantee them happiness and success, not that you should be guaranteed it, but not really knowing which which path is even most likely to give you the best chance of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose it is an opportunity for marketers at the same time not to take advantage of this group clearly, but, um, you know, to, to be doing the right thing to try to reach this group with the right messages. Um, although I would imagine this group is highly, highly um, skeptical of a lot of the messages since they've been bombarded their whole lives, correct, by messages? Completely. You know, they have been, and it's interesting because the interesting thing about Gen Y versus even sort of their older counterparts in the, their late 30s and 40s is that Gen Y almost likes marketing. As long as it's interesting marketing, it's good marketing, it's fun marketing, they like it. They just want it to add to their experience. And so there is a great opportunity. There's a huge opportunity to involve them in it. There's a huge opportunity to make them, you know, laugh. There's an opportunity to give them guidance. There's an opportunity to be their friend. Um, you know, I think that unlike Gen X, they, they like it. And so people don't need to be afraid of them. Yeah, they're confusing. Yeah, they're a little bit scary, but they're not. They sort of, they like marketing a lot more than the previous generation did. Good for us, right? Good news for those of <laughs> yes, us who are in the marketing really biz, is. right? <laughs> well, we've run out of time. I hate that we this thing goes so quickly, but for everybody out there, I wanted to make sure that we gave them your website, um, trendera.com, T-R-E-N-D-E-R-A.com. Jane, is that the best way to reach you and learn more about your company? That is, or if they want to follow on Twitter, there are always new trends and stuff, which is just, what am I on Twitter? I guess it's Jane underscore Buckingham. Great. Wonderful. So check out the site or follow Jane on Twitter. And, Jane, thanks so much for being on the show today. I wish you the best of luck in, in 2010, especially with that new book coming out in May. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You bet. And thanks to George, my producer, for another, well, technically pretty smooth show. And next week joining me will be Michael Silverstein. He's a partner at Boston Consulting Group. And he also has a new book that's uh, been out for a few months now called Women Want More, How to Capture Your Share of the World's Largest, Fastest-Growing Market. That's Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, right here until then. Thanks so much for joining me today. Make it a great one. 